says we can't have it all? This is Corey, and this is the Year of the Anthem podcast. <laughs> the guy who doesn't know how to mute his computer. That's who says it. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 290, finally, of the Year of the Anthem podcast. Coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for uh, thank you for subscribing on your podcatcher of choice. That took a minute because I get so worked up about anchor.fm forward slash oh the anthem that sometimes I'm find myself so excited to talk about it and I just get tripped up over my own words. That's what happened right there. Yeah. You should be as excited because anchor.fm forward slash oh the anthem is the place you can go to find the podcatcher of your choice and subscribe to the podcast there. Yeah. So the message there, anchor.fm, that's A N C H O R.fm forward slash O the anthem is the place to go to find the podcast. Yes, indeed. Uh, you can also find us at O the anthem on Twitter and Instagram. You're watching right now live, hopefully, at facebook.com forward slash O the anthem, where we record every single episode. Uh, so make sure you check it out there. You can, of course, find all the videos at youtube.com forward slash O the anthem. Uh, everything O the anthem related. At OhTheAnthem.com. Yes, indeed. Yes, including the store. Yes. For the time being. Yes. Uh, until our whatever thing runs out whenever they were warning about. <laughs> it's just, Nothing like a, a just completely secretive message sent to us by the place where we have our store. Like, hey, you might not have a store at some point. Just keep an eye out. Like, cool. Thanks. I guess we'll keep an eye out. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, going back over the previous years. Uh, we used to call this episode The Basement of Horrors. Yes. But as you know, we are no longer in the basement. No. Deep below the earth in Parkville, Maryland. So No, we've been moving on up. So Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know what we would actually call this now. Uh, the Penthouse of Horrors? Is that what this is now? <laughs> penthouse of Horrors. Not quite the penthouse. It's uh, the... Oh, yeah. You know, uh, the mid-range uh, <laughs> apartment for new people to L.A. of horrors. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in any event, it has been a whore. Apologies to you guys who are used to us coming out a little bit earlier than now. Especially the people who probably saw the Instagram post or the yeah. Twitter post and were just like, yeah. oh, i got to rush to my computer to get to... The uh, the Windows, uh, fantastic machine, preferred over the Apple, clearly, but uh, can be a pain in the ass with the drivers that don't automatically update uh, and then doesn't tell you until you try to do the thing. I will say we are looking especially crisp, though, in the preview. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we look all right uh, in the video. Eh, there's some lag, but eh, the video looks basically all right. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah. So uh, if you're not checking out the video, uh, you're missing out. Make sure you go on over to YouTube.com forward slash Anthem where you can see the video of this week's episode. It'll be live on Tuesday along with the rest of the uh, podcast. Yeah. And uh, YouTube.com slash Anthem for the previously recorded episode. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Once they go live on Tuesday, they're live on, a, on YouTube as well. So... And uh, so happy Halloween to everyone. I think last year we forgot to even say happy Halloween because it happened in the middle of the week. It was a weird one last year, wasn't it? Wednesdays. It? Yeah. Went weird Wednesdays. Um, and uh, we went out and celebrated this weekend instead because uh, like college kids, it's going to be a two weekend party for <laughs> us. Uh, find places to go. Although it wouldn't be, I think, unless we have visitors coming into town. That really makes it like a, yeah, that, let's go find something to do. And I don't know, it, it, I, it's sounding more and more like that's going to be a girl's night. Oh, so, thank God. Uh, it'll be movie night for us. All right, <laughs> yes. Um, and speaking of movies, of course, you can catch Corey's other project. Let me transition over so to you. Other project at CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com and uh, anchor.fm forward slash CoreyBakerFilm. Yep. And, uh, of course, that's the uh, pretentious movie reviews. <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing, if you yeah. prefer, come check out the Everyman movie reviews. 
over at Everyman Movie Reviews uh, on Anchor. And uh, it's available on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Rob Cheek. Because, uh, by the way, I realized, uh, wait, let me get back to the two shot here. I realized uh, I created that. Before I like branded everywhere, mm. and now because of my subscriber number and my view minutes, I can't undo it. Because if I undo I think you it, just premiered the. What did it? Uh, transition. Ah, there yeah, we go. There hey, you yeah. go. Uh, so now you can see Corey. Uh, I realize that if I undo it, I'm blocked from actually like putting in a username. You know, you have to have so, so much uh, subscribers and or watch time. Mm. So if I try to change it, it's going to tell me, hey you don't have the credentials to have a unique. So I can't change it. So unless I can get, you know, 980 more of you to come subscribe <laughs> to the channel and watch a significant amount of, uh, just of watch all of them on repeat. Yeah. I, listen, just let it play in the background. I would be happy about that. So, um, so I'm usually just set up like a proxy on a computer at work that just plays all your videos over and over again on repeat and then explain to everybody that you're just making sure YouTube is still up. Yes, yes. Like, this thing will constantly run with my videos just to make sure YouTube is currently operational. It, here's what I'm going to say. If I get 50... Because if, if we don't see a video here, then YouTube is down, and we got a serious problem. And <laughs> If I get 50 people who follow me, I'll just go live on YouTube all day, every day. My life is the kind that I could just be live. Uh, you, and I, I don't know. You have I would such a that. low bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fifty. I mean, that's double, double what I have right I now. Like the, I like the. I like the thinking. Of, who was that supermodel who was like, "I don't roll up out of bed for less than a thousand dollars a day" or something like that. Yeah. And Rob's just like, fifty people are paying attention to me. I'm gonna go live <laughs> on the internet constantly, twenty four hours. It'll be the Rob show. Um, apologies to you guys in the Facebook uh, chat. Um, background vid was turned on. Mike Ox. Still muted. So you were hearing some beautiful deep house music, which was playing the night that we recorded that background video. I don't know if you remember. Just like a... Boom, 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 oh, boom, oh, boom. on the... <laughs> Just like really slight and low. Uh, so now you can hear us. Uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you have no idea what we're talking about. But join us every Monday, Sunday, and or Saturday um, for recording. I mean, it wouldn't be right if there weren't spooky things that were happening on this episode of the podcast. Yeah, really you know, like it's the something. Halloween Halloween episodes. So. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, one of those things I don't look for. I love the Halloween season, mm -hmm. but I don't look forward to Halloween so much anymore. Uh, I think one of the reasons is because Walmart and it's ilk has ruined it for me because right now it's holla. Thanks. Uh, Xmas. Yeah. Uh, Christmas trees are up in stores. Don't understand that. Um, and Thanksgiving stuff and Halloween stuff. All together. And they have the back-to-school stuff on discount. Like, yeah. it's all there. So it really puts me out of the mood. I, You know, I, I think the thing about Halloween to me is that... Uh, it, so me personally, like, I, uh, my Halloween costume for when we went out was... I was going as F. Scott Fitzgerald. Deep pull. It was a deep pull. Well, and the problem is that I'm just a guy in a suit, basically. Yeah. Is the well, with a funny <laughs> haircut. Costume. You had a funny haircut, yeah, too. I had, a, I had a middle part, so that was interesting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I, and I knew I didn't want to carry around, like, Great Gatsby all night just to, like, <laughs> be like, I'm F. Scott Fitzgerald. I just figured nobody would ask me, and then I'd never have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know, like... I feel like I have to be inspired for Halloween. Yeah. Like, if it, if it doesn't come to me naturally, then I don't know if I want to be a part. Because it's just too hard to, like, come up with the idea of, like, 
what to what personifies you as a person in your Halloween costume, and what will people understand? You know, and the difficulty with the uh, couples' costumes is having to like plan in advance and negotiate the costume that the um, other person will have to be wearing as well. You know, yeah, like yeah. I can say that I, I want to dress up like Link from The Legend of Zelda, but then I got to convince Rachel to be Zelda. Yeah. She's just like, I don't know. Yep. I don't know about that. Yeah, so uh, we'll get to it a little later. But uh, So I tried to talk her to being Zelda Fitzgerald instead. <laughs> we'll talk about it a little later, but uh, hey, Mr. President, we know a little bit about negotiating with terrorists as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's one of those things where two years ago, I got reminded, two years ago, I came did up. You, did you see that Ronan Farrow quote, by the way? No. There were, somebody uh, asked... Somebody at uh, NBC, why they haven't made any changes in the uh, aftermath of Ronan's book. Yeah. And uh, the off the record quote was something like, because we're not going to negotiate with goddamn terrorists. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> makes, that makes sense. You know. Um, but oh, uh, two Tell years us ago. how you really feel, NBC. Two years ago, I came up with a, an idea like three days before Halloween. I put it together using stuff that I like went to Walmart and I'm like, this will work. I can make yeah. this work and then just crafted it myself. But when you have other people's involved, you can't. How just much, how much that. did that cuphead costume cost you? Maybe $15, including because, the gas and energy to go around because I'm seeing it for like 40 bucks at like party Halloween City? stores. Yeah. Party City, $49. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like you, and it looks worse than the I one thought that yours I made. looked incredible. Yes. Like, the one I made was better. <laughs> I'm going to do that. You know, on Halloween, I'm going to put a, uh, the side by side. Here's yeah. the one for two years ago. Here's the one I found in Party City. And why am I? Listen, I am a multi-skilled man. Put me to work doing anything. I'll design costumes. Clearly, I'm better at it. I put together a dollar store Cuphead costume. It looks better than the one you have. Of course, I don't really want kids sticking their head in the cut bottom of a laundry basket either. So yeah. So there's that, I suppose. <laughs> Just make sure that the the uh, they sign a waiver before. No, oh, yeah. Or if I had had some forethought, start, I could have started the waiver with like a paragraph or two about like this costume is extra spooky and should be treated carefully for being so spooky. Also, you might die of cancer. Could cut your throat <laughs> while you're nine, wearing it. Nine happened. paragraphs in, just like <laughs> uh, anyway. after most of this costume was made in China. Blah blah blah. Might kill you. Well, to Enjoy be fair, Halloween. Every costume you get in California comes with a Prop 35 warning. <laughs> Literally everything you buy. Because everything has can causes cancer. Everything's gonna give you cancer. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> including apparently the air. I feel like Big Sign was in charge of getting that thing passed. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, the one guy who owns a sign a sign store that makes all these Prop 65 signs or whatever. It's yep. just like. We got them. We got them. They got to go everywhere. All right. I had to bribe so many state assemblymen to get this thing passed. Well, uh, speaking of bribing state officials, let's talk about sports ball. <laughs> so not only are we having bad It was going to be a super off-color joke, so I'm glad the I'm music's I'm glad I saving. cut that. Yeah, it was <laughs> I saw you winding up for the thing you're going to have to delete oh, from Twitter God. in a few years. Oh, God, is he wheelchair? Oh, my God, it looks like he's doing a wheelchair thing. <laughs> I didn't know what exactly it was, but I saw you winding up to something that I figured was not good. Um, but uh, so in sports ball this week, a um, couple of things. World Series is happening. Yeah. I've watched exactly zero minutes of the World Series. I did, however, watch the World Series uh, pregame from last night. Not for the not for the players, not for anything like that, because the crowd in Washington booed the president when he was announced, which just 
you think you got a friendly audience and then no, nah, not so much. <laughs> I really sometimes think Trump thinks he's going to show up to these things and be cheered like crazy. Or at the very least, it'll be like a, a noticeably mixed reaction. Yeah. Uh, nope, not going to happen. And especially on a day where you kill like a number one terrorist, you expect to get like a little bit of a pop. Yep. Uh, oh, we got no. a pop. Yeah. He got a pop. Uh, not since my, the election of 2016 <laughs> has a crowd cheered, lock him up. <laughs> my my favorite part of the whole thing was uh, uh, they were doing that like uh, show appreciation for the military thing at yes. the time where they showed him on the scoreboard at one point. And, you know, there's, you know, like people from the Air Force, like up there, like, you know, like yeah. <laughs> raised fists, like, yeah, thank you. And the crowd is cheering like crazy. And then all of a sudden Trump switch over and it's just immediate boo. <laughs> and you can see the best is like the, the videos where they go close on his face. And at first he's just like, hi, everybody. Because <laughs> he's getting he's getting that remnant cheering. And he's just like, that's right. Cheer. Wait, what's going on? Melania, what is happening? I don't Melania's, understand. Melania's face is even better. Her eyes basically just say like, yup, take that bitch. <laughs> it's like, and then they cut back to the veterans and it's right back to the right cheers. Back to the applause. <laughs> so, and then apparently they uh, later they showed him again, which is when the lock him up cheer yeah. went around the stadium. And, you know, it's like... Uh, you think DC is going to be a friendly crowd of the president? And this reminds me, didn't but Mike most Pence? Of the, most of the people in that crowd were fired by Trump. So. Also true, yes, uh, and or uh, furloughed at some point by Trump. The only one person, the only one cheering is Kavanaugh. Oh yeah, the the monkey sitting in front of him who are like, yay, yay! And I was like, oh man, you you're like. You know his eyes are on the back of your skull. Like, yeah. how hard are you cheering? Like, <laughs> don't listen to him, Mr. President. You're doing a great job. And he turns around and like, did anybody see me clapping? Eric's like right in Trump's ear, just going like, ah. <laughs> 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 oh my God, he's so good. <sighs> well, and see, I think the only person more afraid than that is like, I don't know, any world leader who's on <laughs> his wrong side now. Because like, well, now he's going to have to bomb somebody. Roll the dice. Let's hope it's not Eastern Europe. Okay, here we go. Um, Talk, he's got to change the subject. <laughs> Talking about a bunch of boobs of the World Series. Did you hear about those two models who got banned for life? From the World Series? Yeah. For what? They flashed the camera. They were behind home plate. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the camera you can't cut away from. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Hey, no, I'll take it. So there's a, that's out there. I just wanted to find a, some transition with boobs. Here's the thing. If you're going to be... If you're going to get banned from the World Series... Isn't that a good reason to do it? I guess so. I mean, like, I don't know how devoted either one of these two were to the World Series. Not at all. To probably. begin with. I don't know if they are huge national fans or something no. like that. But. And we're talking about them, yeah. which is exactly yeah. what they want. Um, and I mean, in the end, um, you know, it's one of those things where you say, like, uh, oh, uh, take the nudes while you're young. So you have them. Yeah. And then when you're older, you have them. And I guess that's not true now because, you know, Gen Z are send nudes because it's Thursday. not <laughs> Somewhere uh, Anthony Weiner is poking his head into the... Say what? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are nudes, huh? <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, those girls will be able to go back to that video footage and be like, see, kids, your mom used to be hot. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, her husband will probably go back there and be like, look what you did to her. Look how hot she used to be. <laughs> oh, <you>. children. <laughs> Um, anyway, but, uh, there's not a lot more to talk about, uh, today or yesterday was sports equinox. Today was sports equinox. There's, oh, it's a, yesterday. No yeah. Yeah. I'm yesterday. Sorry. Yesterday. Yes. Um, and for those of you who don't know, that is because all four major sports were playing on the same day. Mm -hmm. Uh, NBA had opened up. Hockey has opened up. 
baseball's in the World Series, which is like the last little bit of baseball. And of course, we're in the middle of football season. So uh, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, except for I don't care about hockey. Baseball, not the real season for us to really care about it. Um, basketball. I mean, I I could talk any of these sports, but it, it's just like, you know, especially with basketball and hockey, it's so early in the season and yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> later. Listen, so. we're playing 88 games to eliminate two teams to go into the playoffs. So. I mean, right now it's about like, you know, interesting. Like there's individual games that are interesting. Like I, I think I saw that uh, Houston is going to play in OKC today. Oh, yeah. So it'll yeah. be a return of Russ to OKC. So that's interesting in as much as like. Maybe he'll see find what that the reaction haircut. is and stuff like that. Maybe we'll find the haircut that he had when he was in OKC. Because <laughs> whatever he's got right now reminds me of Manny when he first went to LA. It, it, Manny when he was with the Orioles at the end. Oh, did he have it at the yeah, end yeah, there yeah. too? Oh, uh, see, I thought that was like an that LA was like thing. his season cut for that year. I and felt it was like not. Maybe I fooled myself. I feel like that was a he walked into an LA uh, place and was just like, no, whatever you want, it's fine. And then uh, he came out and he was like, what the fuck did they do to my hair? <laughs> he walked into the barber shop. He's just like, make me sparkle. Yes. <laughs> And then they failed uh, miserably. Uh, but the, the good news is, um, as you guys know, we are West Coast Ravens fans. And generally speaking, the Ravens are going to get the early game, which for us means 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. We have to be somewhere because it's not on local TV right. um, to go watch the game. And this is uh, my message for the week. Bye weeks. They're not just for players because <laughs> we got a lovely. Well, one, we were out. Pretty late, yeah. Um, on Saturday, and you had work, which I yeah. forgot about once we got to Tony's. By the way, yeah. I also drank a Sam Adams rosé, <laughs> rare form, rare <laughs> form. Oh, um, I wanted to mention this to you too. Not not uh, sports, but you know whatever. Uh, Smalltimore. Yeah, everybody knows what Smalltimore is, right? Like you run into the same twelve people no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. I ran into people from my work at Tony's party. Yeah, and uh, I was like. Okay, this town has way more people in it than in Baltimore. How am I running into people I know who are like four degrees separation? Just because we we know I know you and you know Tony and Tony knows his roommate yeah. and the roommate knows one guy I work with and he brought another guy I work with who then called me out at the party and I want to be like, listen, we could have been we could have been adults about this and you could have gone on about your business and never <laughs> never noticed it and I would never know we were here. And now I got to act sober even though I've been drinking for a long time and I don't appreciate that. I don't get to relax very often and it was nice until you came over. I'm just kidding. You could you could have just told him that just be like, I don't see you, you don't see me walk away. Uh, see, I feel like uh, we already have a weird relationship where I think he's worried about me flexing like that. So, like, he, he's on edge about the, like, wait, I always make jokes. Did he, like, walk up and be like, hi, Mr. Cheek? No, no. So, so <laughs> we are we are at, the like, the same level in the company. He's in a, yeah. in a related company. Mm. Um, and, but, so, I, I make jokes about age to be deprecating towards myself. And I do it to everybody. I'm always like saying things and being like, oh, you kids don't know what I'm talking about. And there are some people who take that really personally. They're just like, I'm not a kid. Rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, I, I literally do this to Karen, who is two years older than me. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I feel like the oldest person here. Right. I just need to calm down. So then I have to be extra careful around that where I'm like, don't say something that you might say to somebody else. And how many Sam Adams have you had? <laughs> or no, Angry Orchards. It was Angry Orchard, Rose. Had too many Angry Orchards and a little bit of Jack Daniels. And this night is about to go horribly awry. 
but it, it was fine. That makes more sense over the Sam Adams. Was, uh, mm, that'd be interesting. I was saying to myself, I was just like, how do they market that? <laughs> Yeah, because there's broads in Boston who want to have a nice rosé, <laughs> but uh, she's not going to be caught dead with a bottle, so yeah. put in a Sam Adams. <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. Sam Adams, why are you not hiring me? <laughs> uh, anyway, so it was nice, uh, not for you, because you had to get up and go to work in the morning. Yeah, it's all right, though, because yeah. that, uh, that was a fun day on set. Yeah. I got to sleep in, though. That nah, was super nice to just like not set an alarm I always, and not wake up. I do, I do like when I work on things with celebrities. Or like people that other people know, mm-hmm. just because it makes it easier to have a conversation with somebody who's just like, who's the biggest star you worked with? You know, because then like it totally depends on like <laughs> what kind of experience you have growing up and yeah. like how that has changed over time. You know, like there was a while where like Bruce Valanche was like the biggest star <laughs> I worked with. And then like people are like, who? <laughs> people are like, who's the biggest star you ever worked with? And I'm just like, you ever watch the new Hollywood Squares? <laughs> <laughs> He's a comedian. He's a <laughs> prolific writer. Oh, yeah, I know, but I'm saying like people don't like, know who writers are. I mean, that's true. We know who writers are. Like, have you laughed at any jokes at the Academy Awards for the last 20 years? That's him. That's probably him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> High likelihood. Um, but anyway, so uh, we'll probably have more sports. Oh, uh, the other thing I want to bring up. We have. I say that, oh, great, we get to sleep in on a Sunday. And then I realized, thanks to you this afternoon, we actually have a really good stretch of games coming up here. Because mm-hmm. we have a Sunday night game next week. So yep. it's almost like another sleep-in day if we really don't want to go to the bar at 10 a.m. I probably won't. Yeah. Uh, then we have two day games, so we're back to normal. And then Monday night football. In L.A. In L.A. Yeah. And then the next week, I will just be getting back from... Oh, no. I'll be traveling back from Thanksgiving break. Mm-hmm. So I'll catch whatever game's on in the bar at the airport where I'm having a drink at 6 o'clock in the morning because... Mm-hmm. Rules do not apply in the airport. <laughs> or I'm the airplane. Pa- I'm in sweatpants and, you know, sandals. And if you're flying from the s- East Coast, though, at 6 a.m., yeah, then you should land by the time the game starts. Yeah, you don't have a drink on this side of the trip in the airport as well? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I go grab a Cinnabon and go to the bar and have my, a beer. My and- goal is to be in the airport for as little time as possible. <laughs> <laughs> on both ends. Yes, absolutely, on both <laughs> ends. Uh, sometimes causing us to almost miss a flight. Uh, I've never again. missed a flight. I've never. <laughs> I didn't say miss it. I yeah. said almost miss it. Almost missing is a, it's it's horseshoes and hand grenades. Almost <laughs> you. And by the way, dating a girl who is almost the polar opposite of <laughs> yeah. you. Okay, so the flight's at six p.m. The flight's at six p.m. on Thursday, so I think we should get there on Tuesday. <laughs> we'll just camp out at the gate. I know they won't have assigned it yet, but we know which which part of the airport will be in, and we'll just sit and wait there. <laughs> You've slept like over one of those armrests before. It's not so bad. <laughs> Plus, I mean, they have wine, and what else do <laughs> does a person really need? To well, because Rachel will just be like. Well, you know how bad that traffic is at LAX. We can't we can't risk we can't we risk it. Getting there any less than two days beforehand. So joking, yes, but I do believe at one point she suggested we get to the airport three hours early for a domestic flight yeah. to the East Coast. And not like leave the house. Like be at in the area of the airport three hours early, because it'll take us an hour to get to the terminal and then an hour to get through security. And then another hour to walk the ten feet from security to where the gate is. Yeah. And I believe that we you got to remember the, that flight, but the the plane takes off a half hour before it says that it's supposed to. Yeah, so. that's the way they trick you. Yeah. that's how they get you. They they get you by you taking walk off in early. thinking you got a one o'clock flight, but you really got to be there at twelve thirty, and yep. you just showed up twelve fifteen. Jokes on you. Out of luck. 
<laughs> um, but I do believe that we left approximately one hour before takeoff and made it to the plane, mm. which was delayed, I actually think, if <laughs> I remember that correctly now. Might not have made it if it wasn't delayed. But nonetheless, uh, see, when there's no sports to talk about, it's like a weird thing. <laughs> sports ball becomes a lot more life ball. Yeah. Uh, oh, but uh, updated sports ball in a few weeks, maybe. We're going to be going to Vegas. Mm-hmm. And um, might be time to put uh, some bets on next year's Orioles. <laughs> Do they break 50 wins? What, what are the odds <laughs> what to break the over, 50 wins next what's year? What's the over-under for the Orioles? <laughs> I mean... Do it, do it before they start taking Rule 5 draft picks, because I could really swing it. Mm, things could get interesting. <laughs> um, how about this? Would you, take the, w- would you take a bet that was the Orioles win 100-plus games next year? No. What, how, what odds do you need to put $100 down on the Orioles to win 100 games? At 100 to 1, $100 yeah. pays off $10 million? No, that's no. too many zeros. <laughs> One, that's a... Uh, Ten thousand dollars. Yeah, ten thousand. Ten thousand on a hundred dollar bet. Yeah, but it's throwing away a hundred dollars. Right, ten thousand to one. Now we are at a million dollars. Yeah, that would that would be better odds. Million Don't, to one. Yeah, then I can place one dollar on. No, no, no. You have to place a hundred dollar bet. You don't but have to million. place a hundred dollars. I'm giving you a hypothetical. <laughs> you have to place a hundred dollar bet. What do the odds need to be for you to place on the Orioles to win a hundred games? If it was like a million to one, it would be hard not to think about it. <laughs> They're going to pay out $100 million? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person in Vegas to do that. <laughs> First of all, it's on the board, and someone in the back is just like, who the... Who the, <laughs> the odds go down because I bet... Astronomically <laughs> downward because Corey actually placed the bet. And they're just like... Oh, All right, we we, that was our know, joke. We Ooh. didn't anyone think everyone would actually b- b- pay for that. Meanwhile, okay, it's the end of the season. The cor- the Orioles are at 98 wins, and Corey's just like <laughs> refusing work. He needs to be in front of the television every single game. <laughs> Making friends with a lot of umpires. <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> I got a cut for you. I don't know if you've heard about the... Uh, listen, 1929. Just I want to like, take you back. Standing outside of Dodger Stadium, just going like, Bill, Bill Welke. <laughs> what a- you want to get dinner? Let's Come get on. dinner. I know where your children go to school. Get my electric car. I'll buy you dinner at Musso and Frank's. <laughs> welcome to Los Angeles. I'm the welcome wagon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, time might come where there's a big call in an Oreo game. I don't know if you can see yourself to. We get so little joy as Oreo fans. So, yeah. You know, yeah. you know, if you give us grade us on a curve, if you will. I mean, I could give you a million reasons why you should. <laughs> Help us get to 100 wins. Just get 100 umpires and give them a million bucks each. <laughs> then you don't have any money left over. 99 umpires. For <laughs> okay, so wait. What's the rule you need? But then you'd have to pay taxes on it, too. That's, so the, it, yeah. that's where figure they get half. you. So. Yes. Figure half. Yeah. And then uh, they'll probably... I mean, you take the, <laughs> take the winnings all at once. But I think the rule I, is... I would walk up to the thing, just slide the ticket to the cashier and just be like, cash, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, can you imagine being the guy who's got to like run that upstairs? Like, oh, oh. Hey, son, you ever owned a casino? You ever owned a casino before? I'm going to have to talk to some people about this. <laughs> and by the way, you know, it's so it's it's some Gen Zer who's just like in the calculator. Like, OK, I have a hundred dollar bet. Odds are one million to one. OK, hang on a second. Let me. One hundred dollar bet. Odds are one million. 
I'm going to have to run this upstairs for a second. Uh, plus, hey, go to one of those smaller casinos. You can just own the damn casino. There you go. Now you have an uh, Congrat- income stream. Congratulations. You're now the CEO of MGM. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, depending on how bad the... Um, <laughs> Rob, do you want a movie green? <laughs> With who? MGM? Nah. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm trying, Damn it. I'm trying to build a name in this business. My, I don't know what you're doing. My media empire is crumbling. <laughs> Here's a question. Do you think you would do better or worse than the current slate of MGM offerings? <laughs> I don't know what they got they have uh they have James Bond. That's it, yes, yeah. Uh I don't know if MGM actually does anything other than Let's a play name a game. holder for MGM anymore. What is in the MGM slate? Uh we know that they are not doing Idris Elba James Bond. But there's got to be something else. They can't just be staking everything on James Bond. It's a lot of resorts. <laughs> resorts come up first. That's not no surprise. Uh, Studios. Here we go. Yes, and going to the website. Hey, while he's looking that up, let's just go ahead and close this up. Hey, that's sports ball. <laughs> So Adam's family is theirs. Oh, okay. Their TV yeah. is doing live PD and uh, the, uh, what's the one? This guy. Uh, Handmaid's Tale. Okay, so I also see some black and white on the home screen, which is Fighting not a good scene or not a good look for your uh, current slate. Uh, I see Magnificent Seven. Creed Two. Oh, so they must have um, a, lot a lot of syndication of stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of TV. Yeah. But uh, they must have the Rocky franchise into Rocky, yeah. James Bond, and Adam's family. It's, um, that's uh, putting a lot of eggs in a basket. That's, I'm not sure I would do that. I hope nobody gets offended by how James Bond treats women. Mm. Pussy galore is me too'd. <laughs> you having a moment? I... Forgot for a moment that that was the name of a Bond <laughs> character. Bond. And uh, I was just like swallowed and tried to breathe at the same time. And I was just like, what the fuck did you just say? And it took like two seconds to be like, oh, right, right. That is actually a James Bond <laughs> That's an character. Actual character name. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So my life flashed. You know, my you know who could who could uh, fix MGM? Who's that? Robert Evans. Yes, he absolutely could. Kid um, notorious. Eh, well, see, I don't know if he could nowadays. He yeah. could have in the heyday of the 60s and 70s. Yeah. I don't know if he had it anymore. He, I mean, he had a, a office at Universal. Was it Paramount. Universal? Paramount. Yeah. On the Paramount lot right, right where I live, right near where I live, there's a Robert Evans office. Uh, and uh, there's a podcaster I listen to who also is named Robert Evans. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was joking on his podcast. I don't think it was. It was like, uh, what do you call it? Gallows humor. Where it's yeah. just like, hey, you know, I'm just going to show up, show somebody my ID, and make them throw me out of the office. Like, <laughs> I've always wanted to make films. Wait, what are you talking about? My name's on the damn door. Here's my ID. And uh, just make them get rid of them. Um, but yeah, so Robert Evans. Uh, such movies as... On, well, he personally part. produced Chinatown. He was head of uh, Paramount. I almost said MGM. Head of Paramount uh, when... Uh, they were doing The Godfather and Godfather 2 and Rosemary's Baby and uh, pretty unprecedented legacy in Hollywood. Yeah. As sort of like one of the biggest producers to ever do it. And you say The Godfather and people are like, oh, The Godfather. But before that movie came out, 
that people were saying this is going to be the albatross that Evans hangs himself on. Mm-hmm. Um, it was based on Mario Puzo's book, yeah. right? And basically, uh, they couldn't get the damn thing shot. Apparently, it had been in turnaround for another studio, and Evans bought it or bought the rights to it. And then they couldn't get it done because the they wanted to film in uh, what's the name of the director? Coppola. Coppola wanted to do it in New York. Mm-hmm. And he couldn't get any union guys to come out because the union guys in New York were all Italian and they didn't like how they thought they didn't like how Italians were portrayed in the movie. So do you know the story about Robert? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just goes to meet with the head of the uh, unions, who's actually the head of the uh, La Cosa Nostra. Yeah. La Cosa Nostra in New York. And he gives them a copy of the script and he says, I will take anything out of this that you want. Any reference to mafia in this, I will take out. And apparently there was one reference to mafia, but the guy clearly didn't read it himself. He gave it to somebody and said, find every time they say mafia in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, they don't say mafia. They say La Cosa Nostra. Well, it was they also say, the, the bet on they won't actually read this. Yes, like, yes. We're giving and, them the opportunity, but they're not actually going to read this. So. And uh, apparently they, he did have an underling because they took out one reference to mafia and then... All of a sudden, everybody showed up for work the next day, yeah. and he got it shot. Um, and it was another thing where people were saying they might, uh, you know, Italian Americans aren't going to be offended by this, but you know, people came out and saw it. It's like um, uh, De Niro, not De Niro. Yeah, De Niro. No, mm, nope, not De Niro. The other one. Um, the other uh, Italian actor from the '80s who's in very prolific, even in his old age. Not De Niro, but. Pacino, that's who I'm looking for. Uh, Scarface. Yeah. Took a long way to get there. But like uh, people were like, uh, (laughs) wait, Scarface was supposed to be Cuban. (laughs) I just say, yeah, yeah. Played by any time. People said that uh, the Hispanic community, especially the Cuban community, uh, Cuban community in Florida would hate Scarface. But they saw it and they loved it because it was like, oh, a badass dude who is Cuban who's going (laughs) to say, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. You know who doesn't love the portrayal that they have out there? Baltimore in the wire. (laughs) I wonder why. Well, because uh, there is no (laughs) such person as Scarface. Uh, You know, there was no Godfather per se, but the wire, pretty accurate. (laughs) So (laughs) it offends everybody. Martin O'Malley. I mean, Tommy Carcetti. Yeah. 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 Listen, you call him by a different name, but they pretty much nailed the character. Um, Anyway, so back to the topic, which is Robert Evans passed yeah. away this week. Uh, and it's uh, one of those things where you don't know. If you don't know who Robert Evans is, that's fine. But you have absolutely seen something that he influenced, whether it was, again, some of the classics from the 60s, 70s, early 80s, or even today. He's still producing now. Well, Robert, you know what? I, I, I think that uh, for people who are unaware, because he's not like a super well-known person. You know, he's not like Brad Pitt. Like, he's not world-famously known. Yes. But, I mean, within the industry, he was very well known. And I think that a lot of what people think of as a producer is sort of based off of how Robert Evans carried himself. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of, like, you know, schmoozing that was going on with Evans and a lot of, like, hey, I'm here to fix the problem. You know, like, uh, he felt like a very, like, charismatic and smooth guy. And he sort of, like, was able to talk himself out of problems and... uh, just did a really good job as like a studio head for Paramount there for a, a long, very time. long yeah. time, for a very long time, uh, and also not without controversy. No, um, and there are a lot of people. Harvey Weinstein, I don't get give the credit of like, ah, eh, well, you know, he's been in the industry a long time. Robert Evans, maybe 
you give him a little bit of a break because he came up in the 60s and or 50s in the industry and he was there when it was like the industry right like they protect they go see i pay off cops and stuff i think the danger in comparing the two is that uh while evans was always around women i don't know how much of that was like i want to be or women want to be around me because i'm a powerful studio head right and can you know like it because you know the the uh the thing about me too i think at a certain point is that like there is there has to be some sort of time period where it's separated from how people because i mean like sexual harassment has always happened yes but there and continues to despite yeah i mean like there, there you know there there's nothing that's really going to stop it unless we just become better people <laughs> like generally speaking that's not gonna happen uh but you know it's hard to say like what somebody was doing because they wanted notoriety or fame or wanted to be in the uh stratosphere of somebody like that whereas harvey has like actual rape allegations yes. on, you know like and I, nobody I think, said anything about evans no he it was, was always sort just of like, like a playboy eh, that's a, a it's a playboy in an age when playboys were kind of what the i mean he was kind been. of like a hugh hefner type yeah and there was never any like hefner was always around a lot of women and it seems like women wanted to be around hefner because he was hefner but i don't i never heard of anything where he was just like you know, like pleading with some girl who was like coming to his hotel room. Come on, give me Just a massage. No, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry about that. I didn't mean to touch you like that. And if I made you feel uncomfortable, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you know. But there was a, a level of um, attitude towards women very much set in the 40s and 50s when he was a young man. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think you know, the more I, I think of it out loud, I feel like Hefner and Playboy is kind of the lateral yeah, to it really Evans. Is. Like that—that that seems more like his his lane. Um, but I mean, the, uh, but Hefner it, was also respectful towards women. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I don't see any reason why I, I haven't heard anything to the contrary for Evans yeah. either. Uh, I don't know. I I, I just think he's. Uh, you ever you know those people who like they're awful for some reason or another, but you have to rationalize them to other people. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like well, you know. Corey's like that because Corey grew up in the South and it's a little bit different there where he grew up, you know, like you used my example, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like he, he says things, but you know, he's not a bad guy. He just, mm. Listen, you it's know, every, your grandfather argument every, yeah. Every once in a while he makes an off color joke and we all just sort of politely laugh and then ignore it and then just move yeah. on. And most of the time he's a great guy. It's not, you know, it's just those 10% of the times where he's saying something truly despicable that, you know, like, well, and I would say I, Never heard my grandfather say anything truly despicable, but he certainly said things that, in hindsight, looking back now as a grown man, mm-hmm. were very inappropriate, very off color. But it's the kind of thing you hear in movies set in the forties and fifties. Yeah, and it's like, all right, uh, listen, it's it's ninety five, not forty five, buddy. Let's uh, get those uh, men- that mentality updated. But it's not like super horrible, just like slightly misogynistic. I mean, let's be honest, slightly white supremacist, just, you know, nothing. Um, I once heard him call a guy uncle, which I don't think mm. is uh, the guy was older than him. 
not supremely racist, but obviously inappropriate. And, uh, and you know, there's no really excuse for that. But you do get in the ma- the habit of being like, yeah, but I mean, like, he's a nice guy. Well, I mean, I hate I, people. I think part of the problem is that we always want to put things in terms of a modern day slant. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's just like when we watch movies about, like, slavery or something like that, and we hear somebody yelling racial epithets at somebody like while they're whipping them or something like that. Like yeah. when we see Michael Shannon in 12 Years a Slave, we're just like, what a fucking asshole. Like, yeah. I hate that guy. Because you're putting it through the 2019 view of, or, you know, whatever year was it, the 2816 view yeah. of like, you know, like this guy's saying racial epithets and whipping the black man. <laughs> like, what is he doing? Like, that's all, that's completely unacceptable in today's society. Mm-hmm. But, you know, back then, in the, real, the, in nice the real, ones. in the real day and time when this was happening, this wasn't anything out of the ordinary. Yeah. And part of the reason that we feel so deeply in movies like that is because we're putting it through a modern day lens. Yeah. Like if everyone sat there and went like, no, this is totally normal. It's nothing to nothing to raise your ire about. This is just how it was in those days. Like that's the that's I, the difference. I will say also, we really uh, do put a personal spin on that where it's like, I think Harvey Weinstein is a horrible person. So I don't want to defend him. Right. But, you know, my grandfather, from what I remember, was an all right dude uh, who just had some had some views that maybe I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't share uh, and were set about in his youth. Yeah. That, well, I mean, the, yeah, the problem, too, is like, you know, like I, I, I was listening to a, a podcast with. Uh, Wait, what? That's surprising. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast with Ed Norton recently and one with Kevin Smith not too long before that, where they both had to talk about Harvey because they had yeah. extensive you know like career run-ins with harvey and stuff like that and both of them basically said versions of the same thing like i was never in a position to see harvey doing awful things i was just in a position to see harvey as like a business person Mm -hmm. and he was an awful person like you know some of the time as well yeah but you know like i also like it's just like you know, you're not going to see the worst side of the person when you only know them from church like (laughs) like you're never going to like you're never going to see the seedy underbelly of the guy you only know from church. And, you know, for I think it's unfair to just assume that, you know, everyone is going to have the same version of this guy. You know, like, I don't think Ed Norton has to worry about getting, like, felt up by Harvey. You know, yeah, like, so yeah. it's not like he would be in a situation where he would necessarily know about this. I mean, it was sort to of in fair, the though, air, but. Ed Norton would have to get worried about being felt up by me because <laughs> I just like to lay hands on him just once, I think. Just to be like, you know, like. <laughs> Hey Ed, what's up? Not there's, not like inappropriately, but like there's give a Rob shoulder getting squeeze. me too. To <laughs> shoulder squeeze with, for Ed Norton. Um, although you know he doesn't. Hey, you want to meet like me did. up in my room at the Beverly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean the power in that relationship is clearly Ed in power and me grasping at power. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just uh, anyway, trying to be one of those sucker fish that goes along with the whale. Kind yes, of thing. basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, overarching message here is that generally people are garbage. Um, Robert Evans, uh, not <laughs> may, garbage. May he rest in peace. Not garbage. Until we hear a week from now that he was garbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess that's to be. Oh, everybody's giving no, him like the soft glove treatment now. And I guess we'll no, see. Nobody was overturning rocks until a week after he died. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, it all comes out. Um, and who knows? We may have to backtrack this in a yeah. future episode. But, um, still. So, what do you think Tibby Hendren meant by this thing? Her comments about Robert Evans are a, a, uh, Mm, still a titan gone from the industry. Um, and, you know, it's uh, 
he was the guy who brought about a lot of those directors that are doing we talked about a couple weeks ago directors who are doing the big movies now mm. were doing those small independent movies then and he was the guy who was like i'll give you one million dollars to go do this film yeah that's an unheard of low budget for what you're asking to do but if you can go do that and it's successful the next time i'll give you two and the time after that i'll give you five and just prove yourself and I'll put more trust in you. And now those guys are making movies and there's no room for any new people because there's no one like Bob Evans <laughs> who's willing to uh, take a risk on on uh, let relatively unknown people. Yeah. Or people like Josh Trank ruin it for all of us. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> but speaking of garbage people, um, we are learning a lot about garbage people in L.A. right now. Um, because if you are unaware, L.A. has four seasons for those of you who think that we don't. We do fire season, mudslide season, windy season, and earthquake season. All right? There's mm -hmm. four seasons. <laughs> four distinct seasons. All of them come with 72 degrees. <laughs> I mean, it's always 72 <laughs> degrees and sunny, but, you know, other things happen. Uh, and right now we are once again in the midst of fire season, and I think there are five active fires burning right now. Throughout California, yeah. Throughout the Southern California. Just oh, is it California. just Southern California? Yeah, because uh, technically two of them are very close, but they're two separate fires. They'll probably merge and become one big fire uh, before the, maybe before this podcast yeah. gets posted. Um, but one of them is threatening, we talked about this two years ago, I think, the Getty Museum, which is one of like the place that holds this all of this art and sculpture and amazing things that can't be replaced, and there's a wildfire threatening it right now, uh, which is also making traffic horrible, which is probably more important because people can't take the 405 because it's closed because of smoke. Yeah, we. I think I shared the video. I think the 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 one thing that they were talking about a lot with the Getty though was that it's supposedly supposed to be mm, not yes. fireproof, but like incredibly difficult for fire to get all the way to the actual Getty itself. Yes, so it may burn around a lot, but it might not get to like the get to building. the actual building. Yeah, and apparently, again, this is all <laughs> this is all uh, from information I've gleaned elsewhere that the the systems they they have in place to sort of keep a fire at bay from actually hitting the actual compound yeah. is pretty world-class. So I guess we'll see. Maybe there's some sort of, like, it gets up close and then just, you know, there's some outrageous sprinklers. A moat, <laughs> a moat opens up and fills with water. Just um, breaks off and floats in the Pacific. But if you uh, saw the video last year... Getty's in Hawaii now. If you saw the video last year or the year before of like driving through hell, where yeah. it was like fire right at the edge of the freeway, that was the 405 coming through the pass where the Getty is. Um, and apparently it's burning there again. So... Um, but the, yes, the fire's burning and it's tragic and you know uh, people are missing work and people are being evacuated. A lot of people are being evacuated. Mm -hmm. The reason I wanted to talk about it and the reason I say people are garbage is because... The big story I saw come out in the last couple of days, a bunch of housekeepers showed up for work today and they were in working in the evacuation zone and no one let them know like, hey, you should not be here because a fire is coming. And so they just showed up for work. And you brought up an interesting point in the pre-show meeting, which was what are the odds 10% of them are actually going to get paid for showing up to work today or for the rest of the week where they can't go to work. Right. And I said, I'd take the under no matter what it is. Yeah. Because. Well, I mean, like I'm thinking about it in terms of like when I worked at the restaurant, like uh, every once in a while we'd have a snowstorm that we wouldn't open because nobody was on the road. And what's the point of having 
15 people in the restaurant if you're only going to have 15 customers all day. Yeah. Like, you can't make up that much. So you, it's just better to be closed. But we couldn't pay everybody mm-hmm. for not working that day because it was sort of like an act of God. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you wanted to take a sick day on that day, you were more than welcome to do so if you had one. Use your PTO hours. Right. Yeah. But uh, there's, I, I doubt many people in the service and in, in the uh, house cleaning industry have uh, contracts with sick days and no, vacation. No, probably not. And uh, I the said, PTO I, and I guarantee you that at some point someone yelled at every single one of these housekeepers and said, I don't care if the entire state's on fire. I want you here. Like, I don't care if there was an earthquake. I want you here. So they were just like, I go every day, yeah. Monday through Friday, I'm there. And now literally it's on fire. People evacuated and then didn't tell the help to not come into work and risk their lives. And now they're not going to get paid. So people are garbage. It's fire season. I'm sure we'll talk about that over the next couple of weeks. Um, I think the only hope really of a lot of these people getting paid is if somebody, because it's a lot of homes in the Bel Air, Brentwood. Yeah. Beverly Hills sort of area, uh, Calabasas. So you might get more luck if one of these housekeepers who showed up, you know, like cleans for the Kardashians or something like that. Yeah. Because then there could be like a a story about like how that person isn't getting paid and then you could shame them into... Oh no, we're we're going to take care of her. We it was it was difficult for us to figure out what was going on for the first couple days here. We had to evacuate we our went homes. To we weren't so, really yeah. We weren't you know like we we didn't think she would really show up, but we we intend to pay her for the entire time that she can't even work while the fires are going on because you know we don't we feel bad about her losing the income too. Like, yeah, we can survive. We can we can we can pay that you know to make sure she gets through. Kind of you know like and. Maybe some other people will be shamed into it, but I imagine there's a lot of people who are going to be like. I mean, listen, best you didn't clean the house, so you don't get paid. <laughs> best case scenario, the house burned down. There is no house. Why would I pay you to clean it? You're gonna go scoop up some any ashes. Uh, best case scenario is the Kardashians because they would. Chris is good enough to say, you know what? No, we are gonna pay her for the whole week. And then one of the other ones, one of the dumber ones, would chime yeah. in and be like, yeah, but what about so-and-so who lives up the block? And so-and-so who lives down the block from us? And now we find out that like 11 people didn't pay their yeah, help, yeah, yeah. which then guilts them into doing it. And then more people turn on it. And then basically everyone turns into Kashi 69 pointing out people like, <laughs> what about them? What about them? What about them? What about them? And Well, uh, I mean, at a certain point, at a certain point, I think you can you can hide yourself in the fact that like nobody knows you. Yeah. So, I mean, like if it's a housekeeper for the Kardashians... It's easier for that story to get out. All you got to do is call the TMZ tip line yep. and say, I have a story about the Kardashians and I'll come rushing to your house to, <laughs> to transcribe it personally. It'll actually be Robert. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's uh, the head of TMZ? Oh, uh, uh, Harvey Levin. Harvey Levin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but he'll yeah. jump into come TMZ with this 84 truck. ounce mug. Yeah. <laughs> standing literally on your porch saying like, so tell me about what happened. How about this craziness? And then you'll take your story. And then you find out that he's being bought off by the Kardashians, just like uh, the National Enquirer oh, and Trump. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, go ahead. Tell me all about this exclusive story you said I could have. Mm. Well, and uh, speaking of Trump, uh, I have another important question for you this week, Corey. Yeah. Can stupidity be a national crisis? It should be. <laughs> Is it an impeachable offense? <laughs> It should be. Yes, that is the correct answer. It absolutely should be. I mean, but on the lucky side, we don't need it because he's done enough dumb stuff to get impeached. 
so I mean, like part of part of the the thought process, to the best of our understanding of the founders with the removal of people from office, was that it shouldn't be about being able to call balls and strikes. You know, yeah. like at a certain point, people have to make decisions and you make so many of them that some of them are bound to go wrong. So like even the best president, whoever in your when I say best president, whoever in your mind pops up, I can guarantee you there's 10 or 15 things that I could easily point out about every single one of them about like mistakes they made. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I used to always like uh, uh, give shit to Lincoln for a long time because, yes, everyone remembers the great things that Lincoln did. But you also have to remember the numerous times that he almost completely fucked up the Civil War by having no comprehension of how to put the right people in the right places in order to succeed you know how about he's... he was getting he was getting outsmarted by robert lee at every single turn yes. up until gettysburg basically right yes and they got I mean, lucky like, at gettysburg yeah and that that was just dumb luck and then everything sort of started to turn around but like it how many generals was it that he lost like along the way like mm, well, fired I mean, like 13 or 15 different people who were like ahead of U.S. military command, basically. And also fired people and then rehired them for the job again. Yeah, because it was like, like well, Billy I got nobody Martin. else. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, but the, all that aside, Lincoln also, lefties, suspended habeas corpus in the United States during the Civil War. Yeah. So, yeah, really great guy, emancipated slaves, that's fantastic. But also, if you spoke out against the war effort, he could put you in jail. No bail, no charges, just let's get him off the street for a while. That being said, the, the concern of the founding fathers was that people would just start picking at all these little mistakes that somebody could make and how the, these mistakes could compound and be like, that's not a reason to eliminate or to take somebody out of the office. Yeah. Uh, it, they even were kind of, you know, not sure of how to allow somebody to leave if they were sick. Yeah. Like 25th came in way later. Yeah. And the Frank 25th was wasn't even about like, uh, you know, it was, you know, there was no question about like, you know, well, the president has polio. <laughs> what are we yeah you know th does he have to go it's like no he stays in there until but he dies or keep leaves in mind, like, too for the first hundred years the president was elected by whoever got the most votes became president whoever got the second most votes became vice president yeah. so it's like yeah how do we even pass power when it's the people voted for this guy clearly not for this guy and sometimes they're on different parties so yeah you know how do we uh clear the difference but um, but I, I, I do think that there there needs to be like a a high crimes and misdemeanors is a bit of a bar, especially when you're trying to when there's some people who are trying to federalist paper their way into the president can never be arrested for anything. So yeah. therefore, nothing is a crime. It's not illegal when the president does it. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I just feel like uh, it should be like high crimes, misdemeanors and completely unregulated stupidity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it should I, I just like be like clearly without fail. This guy does not know what he's doing. Like we've elected a toddler <laughs> to, to run the nation. Like, <laughs> and I mean, really it, this should be <clears throat> Trump's best week ever. Much the same as like, you know, like if, if Barack Obama was just minding his own business and then like an anvil fell on his head and he wasn't the same person afterwards. Yeah. You know, like he was, he was, uh, not able to speak in complete sentences or comprehend ideas. Oh, like I mean, we should, we should have some sort of mechanism for saying, like, listen, there's no reason for him to just be president until the end. Like we should just move on because he's clearly not capable of doing this. Do anymore. you know the story about Edith Wilson? Oh yeah, America's first yeah. first female president. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this should be justifiably Trump's best week ever. 
couple yeah. of really good things have happened this week. Um, he killed the number, or he helped. He helped lead the raid as commander in chief for the number one terrorist in the world. Uh, I can't remember his name. His last name is Al Baghdadi. He was the head of ISIS, um, and he was hiding out in Syria. And we got him. Yeah. And that really should have been his moment to shine. Also, by the way, he's ending a war, which America has not done in this millennium. There is no war that we have started and ended within this millennium. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like he's pulling out of Syria. So the war with the war with ISIS or the ISIS action or whatever you want to call it is ending. So all of the side effects. Funny aside, how that happened before the <laughs> the leader of ISIS was taken down. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm not I'm not looking for details here. I'm being very broad. But he's ending a war. Uh, by the way, Afghanistan. Can we pull that mission accomplished banner out of the <laughs> storage? Afghanistan is old enough now that there are, could be soldiers who are about to go serve in Afghanistan who were not alive when the war started. Yeah. The war is not meant to be won. It's meant to be continuous. That's what George Orwell told us, and looks like he's right. But um, we did go to go into Syria, and now we're leaving. So that's a huge victory. That's a way for Trump to reach out to the people on the center and mm. say, hey, I don't want your kids dying in Syria. We did what we came to do. Now we're out. Except. Except. <laughs> Uh, so this, this one has a couple parts. So, uh, there is a picture that is out there of Trump and all the people in high command watching in the, the secure conference room, not the situation room, but like the secure conference room, much like the same photo of Obama and Biden and everyone else watching the Osama Osama. bin Laden raid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is clearly what he wanted. They tried to just sort of duplicate that photo in a different way. Uh, but it was taken like six hours after the, after the yeah. actual raid happened. Also, so. I mean, the president had a Big Mac in one hand and a giant <laughs> tea in the other, so people were very weird about that. There was a... Uh, uh, apparently, there, there was uh, people in high up in the military who were quoted as saying that uh, Trump pulling out of uh, armed forces out of Syria earlier this week sort of made them their opportunity to strike like right now, and the fact that this was even capable of happening is a small miracle yeah and <laughs> trump severely hurt our ability to actually get this guy by pulling all the troops out of syria mm-hmm. uh, oh and uh also hampered our ability to get other terrorists because he then announced that we had intelligence on a bunch of other people yeah announced how we got intelligence on al-baghdadi Announced how the raid went down, including almost a play-by-play of how they got to and not, entered the facility. Not even a play-by-play, though, in as much as him just talking about how cowardly and, like, he was, like, crying and cuddling up in the corner and begging for his life and blah, blah, blah. Which is not true. And all these details, which don't make you seem like a big tough guy. No. But make the half of the world that already hates us hate us more. <laughs> like, that's the... Part of the part of the reason, like you know, it, it's it's never a direct step from one thing to another, mm-hmm. but you could sort of say, like when you know the U.S. invaded Af- or uh, invaded Iraq the first time, mm-hmm. that there were a lot of feelings that got hurt at that moment that carried on into what later became oh, yeah. Al Qaeda yeah. and ISIS and like sort of like the natural progression of U.S. Uh, armed forces coming in and. <laughs> just running buckshot over whatever they want has a long history of causing problems later on. Yes. And mm-hmm. we don't know the person who heard 
Trump on Al Jazeera or something like that, saying like he was hiding in the corner like a coward when we shot him, and going like, "Well, fuck this guy. I'm going to rise up and attack America because of what this, what their president just said about." Yeah, and also not true. Um, yeah, but you lose the moral advantage when you say he was cowering in a corner begging for his life and we killed him. Yeah. Um. Well, he also like. So part of this too was that he eventually like ignited a suicide vest. Yes. Yeah. Uh, By the way, not something you do when you're crying for your begging for your life. Yeah. Um, And there were a couple children around and the children who were there were apparently uh, sort of the uh, human shields. Yeah. Like they could have had a better shot at him if they could have, you know, like waited on the on their extraction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But because they had to sort of move so quickly. Uh, there was no way to get him alone, mm. and those chil- children who died were, uh, you know, could have otherwise lived. I guess if we would have thought about this plan a little bit more. I mean, overall, a very American operation, if you ask me. Just like collateral damage, <laughs> and everything, dead children. Yeah, I mean, uh, and <laughs> half the world is angry at us. Like, let us let us not forget. Uh, Obama doesn't get off because Obama was bombing children from drones for a long time. Uh, so. Not throwing shit on Trump, just in this particular case, he's the shitty American president who did the shitty things. So. But I mean, like at, at the very least, for Obama, when the uh, raid to kill Osama bin Laden happened, uh, he came on television. Mm-hmm. He explained, like in a in an adult way, what happened. Uh, he sort of like knew that he was going to be this message was going to be heard across the world mm-hmm. and took the opportunity not to brag or talk about anything in particular other than the lives lost or this is the end of a sad chapter that started yep. with the planes being flown into the World Trade Center and the day we will never forget and blah 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 but making sure that people knew that you know like even though Osama was uh uh killed that you know there were efforts being taken to properly dispose of the body according to his religion you know other than the water thing yeah. which apparently <laughs> was not the way to do it but. no and uh, also not the way that they were ordered to do it and also probably proof that it wasn't osama bin laden they just he was probably already dead but we needed to kill him so mm. uh he had kidney failure like 15 years before they or 10 years before they killed him so yeah you know anyway uh but he did uh a the one of the things I remember reading at that time was that he phrased it in a way that that many members of the extremist Islamic world would understand, which is he created a blood feud with us. Mm-hmm. He took members of our clan. This is not about you and it's not about your children. It's not about anything. This man killed members of our clan and it, it is only right that we take his life as well. Yeah. And you don't say that because we're America and we don't say those things, but it was... You could tell that he sat down with somebody and formulated that speech to say everything that needed to be said without necessarily saying it very clearly, walking the American people through what happened and making them have some sense of relief that this is over, this chapter's closed. And then you juxtapose that, which must have been hours of preparation for a few minutes on national TV, mm-hmm. to a guy who I really feel like got handed a, a, a lot of stuff, and they're like, now we're here, we're ready to prep you whenever you need. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going on right now. And he just like walked yeah. out and found some people and gave Well, I mean, it, so. there, there's a lot of people. There, there was some story I just saw uh, about people who are in charge of the secret, like, you know, top secret information and, like, relaying it to Trump. 
like being terrified about what they can actually tell him. Yeah. Because he'll parrot things that he's not supposed to say out on national TV. <laughs> so yeah. like, you know, there's the the number of times where he said something like not just classified, but really classified on well, TV is like And here's the rule an though. Alarming new. While there is no such thing as when the president does it, it's not illegal. There is a thing that says it's only classified because the executive, the president, classifies it. So if he were to walk out there and be like, yeah, guys, uh, aliens, totally real. We made contact. <laughs> Area 51. Yeah. Seize vessels. Then he hasn't broken a law because yeah. as soon as he says it, it's declassified. And now actually a thousand uh, yes. FOIA requests will break the fucking internet. <laughs> right? Yes, but the the uh, <laughs> the idea of not... The idea of... Uh, what you mean we it? shouldn't be telling yeah, our enemies I mean, like, all I, of the I, things that I, we do? I, th- I think there's a reason that some of these things are classified, yeah. and we shouldn't just necessarily like lean on that logic as the reason why Trump should be allowed to say these things out loud. No, no, he absolutely shouldn't. And uh, it's scary that that uh, you know the, the Taylor testimony from earlier last week was yeah. just basically like, yeah, so um, everyone's terrified. Everyone, nobody wants to do anything. You know, uh, we are frozen because you don't know what to, I mean, what you said about the other guy too, the military guy who said, we can't tell him anything because we're afraid he's just going to go out and just say it. Yeah. So. Th- this, uh, I'll just read this from uh, CNN here. Uh, it's Bill Taylor, who is the top U.S. diplomat to Ukraine. Uh, in a closed door deposition Tuesday, Taylor said he's been told by Gordon Sundland, the U.S. ambassador to the European Union, that everything Ukraine president Vladimir Zelensky wanted, including a White House meeting and military aid to the country, would be held up until he publicly declared investigations sought by Trump. Taylor's statement undercut the White House's defense that there had been no quid pro quo offering on the call, as well as Sondland's previous testimony to Congress, but it corroborated many of the claims made by the intelligence community whistleblower complaint prompted the impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And later this week, we are going to get the vote on the floor for impeachment Right. Yeah. Uh, to, to launch the formal inquiry. Um, and and in the past week, uh, the Democrats have been trying to get all the grand jury testimony from the Mueller investigation and a, uh, us, it's not appeals court. It's the one lower district court district court. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, said that the Democrat or that the house should have this information because, uh, Trump is not, not, uh, going to voluntarily give it up because mm-hmm. it's clear that he is not in the market of voluntarily giving things up yes so uh, and basically the law says you have to ask for it first and what the democrats filed to do is say if we just have to make lists of requesting stuff we're never going to get it because it's clear he's not going to give it up so yeah. we'd like to just skip that step and start the legal proceedings to have it released because grand jury testimony is sealed in except for one case the president and a grand jury testimony against the president can only be unsealed in the case of an impeachment hearing. Yeah. Um, so basically they're like, let's just skip the asking him for it. He's going to say, no, we're having an impeachment hearing. Let's just, I mean, the it. good news at least about this is that the court system should move expediently yeah. in this, uh, in the Southern in district of New York. For yeah. The Democrats. Why would that happen? <laughs> I'm just saying like, normally, you know, if, if I had a court case that I, I thought would eventually go to the Supreme court, you're talking about a decade maybe yeah, of like yeah. spending time going through appeals courts and going back to lower courts and going back up and blah, 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 blah. And then maybe you have a chance, a small little chance of it heard before the Supreme Court. And this one could be in front of the Supreme Court in, you know, three or four months. Yes. If they really wanted it to be. And I think that the best news to come out of this week is that 
you know, everyone always quotes Clinton's favorite line of <clears throat> it depends what the definition of the word is, is. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Republicans this week were saying things like, well, listen, you got a quid and you got a pro. But if the pro doesn't know that there's a quid, then it's very unclear whether or not there was a quid pro quo. And I'm just like, yeah. Okay, so that means that clearly all of this is true, and you all know it's true, and now we're just trying to be dumb uh, and push things off. So The, the worst part is that uh, the Republicans in general, I mean, like, Trump is having a bad week because he's always having a bad week. He's always doing something to step in his own shit. Um, the Republicans should be better about this than they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And are not, and it's really unnerving to watch so many, like... The number of people were saying, like, you know, like, oh, there's no quid pro quo, and then there is a quid pro quo, and they're just like, yeah, but I mean, like, it's not clear whether or not Congress really has the authority to <laughs> release these funds. So it's like, actually, Congress is the only one who has the authority <laughs> to release these funds. Yeah, well, it's not even sure that Ukraine didn't even know about it. And so it's like, well, no, there is this news article <laughs> from a month earlier where they said, where's our money? <laughs> and then it's just like, they keep like, st- the other one that they did earlier this week or uh, last week was uh, charging the skiff with their cell phones and stuff like yeah. that. You heard yeah, yeah. about this one? Yeah. For those who don't know, uh, when you are dealing with top secret classified material, uh Sometimes you can't even have it in a like you uh, cannot th- have there's it. there's many different versions of like congressional testimony. Yeah, there's the one on TV where they're at the desk and a bunch of people get five minutes each to ask questions. There's the same version of that that sort of happens in a large conference room, which is like a private, like not on camera. Yeah. Testimony. But session. on the record sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But not necessarily for like public release. Right. And then uh, when there's something really se- like top secret that needs to happen. Only the people who are required to be there go into a, uh, a conference room called a SCIF, a uh, secure like command infrastructure. I don't know. So I can't remember what it stands for. Yeah, I'm trying to remember now, too. Uh, but basically what the idea is, is that there's no phones allowed on the SCIF. You can't even have it like in your pocket and off because somebody yeah. might be able to tap your microphone. I turn uh, it on yeah. and, or set a thing to turn it you, on. You put it, you lock it away in a, in a special locker when you walk in there. Yeah. Because this is how secure this room has to be. And again, these are documents that the members of Congress don't get to have. Military or whoever brings them to the room. Yep. They go in the room and see them. They discuss them. They have the hearing there. Then everyone leaves and someone comes in and collects the documents and takes them out. And hypothetically, if you repeated anything that you saw on the skiff, you would be breaking the law. Yes. And if you like brought a phone into the skiff, you would be breaking the law. You know, if you were live streaming on the internet <laughs> for your people at home. Like, I, I just don't even fucking get it. Like, I'm really upset that Rob got busted for smoking some pot. So I'm going to get a whole bunch of my pot smoking friends and go down to the police station and smoke them out and show them what's bought. Like, yeah, yeah. we're going to go commit a bigger crime. And like, maybe hmm. people stop talking about it. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, and like the whole idea was like, they were just like, you know, like, stop hiding behind your closed door hearings. It's top secret. But the. the how many closed door hearings were there with Benghazi? Like yeah. that's the the problem is that none of the, none of these lines of questioning from the Republicans right now fall under the same type of uh, uh, 
parameters as what they were doing when they had the power. You know, when they were in charge of Congress and they could have seven investigations into Benghazi, it didn't matter whether or not they had closed door hearings or if it was secret or. Listen, no one gets off because if the Republicans win back Congress in the Senate next year, it will be the Democrats pulling the same bullshit. That's the problem. When you only have two parties, it just swings back and forth wildly between the two of them. And, you know, Italy doesn't have a functioning democracy because it has 19 parties. But there's a sweet spot right in the middle where you have like four or five. And whoever wants control is like, we've got 40 percent of the seats. Or I've got 40 percent of the seats. Corey's got 12. That gives us 52. But he's not nearly as extremely to the left as I am. Mm-hmm. So in order to form a government, we have to come to an agreement that... Yeah, I'm going to secede a little bit on the far left things that I'm going to say. I'm going to make you come left a little bit on some of the things you want. Because otherwise, those three are going to get together and some of your people are going to defect to that side and they're going to put together a right-wing government. And that's worse than what we would have. I think that uh, there was something I heard recently about uh, the way in which the United States was set up and the uh, way that we've sort of moved forward over time and how the the glory and the curse of american democracy is that it takes a long time for things that you think should happen overnight to happen yeah like you know civil rights like the the right of uh you know freed slaves to be able to vote and own property and blah 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 like all of this took way the fuck longer than it should have yeah but part of the reason why the system was sort of built in this way, at least at the time when it was built was because we didn't want to rush into anything. We didn't want to all of a sudden figure out that we made a huge mistake, which has happened a couple of times. Like when uh, uh, prohibition happened, yeah, it was like a big ire. It was, let's move as quickly as we can. Let's ban all alcohol. Still took and a long we, time. It still took a long time. Yeah. And then by the time it actually happened, people were just like, Oh, we should have thought about this a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we didn't take the time. And America has sort of been gun shy by these moments where they went too far too fast and then had a problem. And I think that in today's age where we we can't accept that something takes longer than a day. Mm-hmm. Have you, I ordered a, a Lamar Jackson jersey and to have it shipped. And they were just like, it's going to take a week to get to you. I'm like, a week? What's wrong that, with you? Is it being flown from the moon? Like, <laughs> why is it taking so long? Like, But, I, I mean, <laughs> keep in mind, the, the other side of that is... It, it theoretically, Germany in 1930, 1928, could have gone from zero civil rights to free rights within two years. Mm-hmm. But the other problem is you can also go from free rights to camps in three years. Yeah. So the benefit of our system is it takes a long time to get things done. but the And it sort of bucks back and forth yeah. like to, to allow the best argument to eventually... Right. But that's after, so that after the 40 years of trying to push for civil rights, we have the best versions of the competing arguments on each side. And the likelihood is that you can't go from where you are back to zero very quickly. It's going to take the same lengthy struggle. Yeah. And the whole point is uh, Thomas Jefferson said every 20 years um, that everyone who is in government should be replaced every 20 years, that boys should come from the field to be uh, in government for 20 years and then go home, go home to their fields. Uh, one, it would keep people from fighting wars because if you had a bunch of young ke- kids who were going to go die in a war, they wouldn't want to go fight one. And yeah. they wouldn't want to send their friends to die, um, which is not true when you are an 80-year-old with your kids in their 60s and their kids in their 40s and your great-grandkids so rich that they're never, never going to have to go serve. Um, 
We don't have that. But it also means that like right about the time that you fought your whole life for something, if it's not a good idea, it's time to go home and a new batch of people come in. Yeah. If it is a good idea, they'll take up the calls and push it on forward and we'll get more things done. But it helps to balance out the good and the bad. It just we look back at some things and say, well, that took way too fucking long. Yeah. Um, but now we're in a, in a place where we want things to like, because everything feels so life and death. Like, yeah. Every, like there's 30 issues probably that, uh, I could say are the most important issues because they affect the most people right now at this given moment in time. And if you said that one is more important than another, then, there's some people, there's small, there's some percentage of the people who are going to freak the fuck out. Yeah. Like if I said like healthcare is the most important thing we got to do, we have to do this right now. We can't wait another uh-huh. day. But what about there's going to be somebody yeah, going like, what about all the migrant kids in camps and yeah. stuff like that? Isn't that happening right now? Shouldn't we do something about that right now? It's just like, it's not how the system works. Well, like we, so, can't, listen, we the, can't just do this. The like, problem is that since 1980, <laughs> when Reagan took office, one of the parties has been playing the long game and one of the parties has been playing the dumb game. And the Republicans have slowly but surely taken over state houses and governorships mm-hmm. and all of the bases. And they've said, we're going to cover everything and we're going to be out of power a lot at the national level, but we're going to do what we have to do. And then Newt Gingrich came in in 92 and there was a sweep and then they just couldn't get things pushed far enough, but it's all culminated now. Everything's an emergency because they've been pushing slowly on all fronts yeah. until we're all here and it's an emergency. And there has been no opposition because we've been so busy patting ourselves on the back for a bullshit fucking uh, healthcare system or for getting closing Guantanamo, which never happened, and ending the wars, which never happened. And, you know, not bombing brown kids in third world countries, which didn't happen, um, that we life is so good that we forgot that these little incremental steps add up and it just all of a sudden you turn around and you're on the cliff and you step to your right. It doesn't get any better. And you step to your left. It doesn't get any better because everywhere you go, we're on the cliff yeah. just ready to be pushed off. Um, and that's why I'm saying guillotines are the only <laughs> way break out the guillotines already. I know, I'm just saying that's <laughs> guillotines solve. Everything. We, we build every single week. I feel like we have a, a, <laughs> hour to an hour and a half conversation where you just end up a guillotine. <laughs> well, the problem is, if you, get, if you think about... I feel like you know when the podcast is about to wrap up when Rob starts going into the guillotines. If you think about the Republic and where we are, which isn't a Republic, it's <laughs> and where we stand. If you just think about the, the political nature of everything for more than 40 minutes, which is about where we get to right now, I just start getting so angry about everything that I just want to say... Guillotines are the only solution. <laughs> and listen, I'm not saying one party or the other. Because when I say we should go out and build the grandest Madame Guillotine of all time out on the National Mall, I'm not picking favorites. I think anyone who's in that goddamn building mm-hmm. is right to go up on the on the, uh, the 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 stand. Anyone can do it because they're all guilty of everything. Every U.S. president is a war criminal. I liked Obama. He did a lot of good things. But he also bombed brown children all across the world. Clinton did a fine job. Maybe not so much with the interns. But he did a fine job otherwise. And I told him to his face, although I didn't really know it, that he did a horrible job foreign policy and he let people die all over the world because he was too afraid to do anything. They're all bad. Bush, 
looks like a good guy because we're comparing him to Trump. Like there's, yes, he looks all right, but he was a terrible president. They're all war criminals. And the only thing we can do is to go to the guillotines. That's what I'm saying. The white terror should come. Can I make a a small suggestion for something we could do in the meantime? Sure. Oh, the anthem.com. Corey to the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. It took me until you were done that to <laughs> find the right menu. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, at Legends Live on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, I just finished the Ad Astro review. Uh, finally got around to seeing that. So uh, that is like currently uploaded, but needs to be, you know, you need to get the album work right. You got to do the tags and do all that sort of stuff. So it'll be up a little bit later tonight. Uh, available uh, first thing in the morning for anyone who's going to work and wanted to hear what Ad Astra is like. And um, I did not... I just realized that in that whole batch, when did we see Ad Astra? Was it last week? No, it was like, uh, it was last week. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah. I batched like six episodes and didn't did do not do one. Ad Astra. So, <laughs> all right. Well, that'll be coming up too. So, um, yeah, uh, of course you can find more of me, uh, at Robert and cheek on all your social networks. Uh, make sure you check out Robert and where you can find links to my political blog, the news website and the books, are fa- which are available on Amazon. Byros books. And of course I have a lot of, uh, Big projects coming up, a lot of things that I'm working on, uh, including the Everyman Movie Reviews, which is the less pretentious version of Corey's Movie <laughs> Reviews. Um, and uh, you can find that on at anchor.fm forward slash Everyman the Movie one, Reviews. The one from the guy who lives on the outskirts of the film industry. Yes, yes. The guy who's not working in the industry <laughs> who just enjoys watching movies. So if you enjoy watching movies and you don't care that it's not an Oscar award winner, I got something for you. Coming up tomorrow on the Everyman Movie Reviews, Hobbs and Shaw. And as I say during the podcast or during the show there, uh, it's the one that started it all because I believe it was our discussion about Hobbs and Shaw that made me say there needs to be another perspective. Um, but we also have a lot of other. When I when I did my review on Hobbs and Shaw. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. That yeah. Uh, it was like, yeah, you got to have a perspective. Uh, we have the Fast and Furious rule for a reason, which I also explained. So you can check that out tomorrow. Uh, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. We've been kicking around ideas nearly every week yeah. uh, about new stuff. Um, on my front, I'm going to rejuvenate another old idea to try and breathe some life into it. Uh, if you have anything that you've ever wanted to, I mean, how do you explain that? Uh, if there's something that you have always wanted to know, if you want to under- understand do you find, better, do you find like you're painfully unaware of something that people are talking about all the time? There's a good explanation. Yeah. Like, uh, uh uh, tie from this episode not like this would be an easy yeah one to give you but like uh how did we get here with global terror like that might be a rob explains everything i can absolutely yeah. do that because i can do seven steps to 9 11 yeah bam, bam 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 here's how we get and then from there it just becomes a cycle of we bomb somebody with the, with the idea dies. being that you know if you are unaware of this sort of thing you learn and then next time you're in a conversation where somebody's just like well i think this terrorist really yeah but yeah but according to rob you can become me where you become uh well actually ruins everyone's good time yes yeah (laughs) actually uh so the first couple episodes i already have mapped out they're going to include string theory mandela effect the multiverse and my goal is to take something very complicated and explain it very simply yeah. Um, so that you'd be able to just turn a couple of those things in and have a conversation with anybody. I think I've said before on the podcast and other places, 
I, my goal when I was 22 was to be able to have a five minute conversation about anything. So you learn just enough to seem like you know what you're talking about. That also gives you the skill of being able to explain it very simply to other people. Yeah. And it's not going to be in depth. We're not going to be able to put up charts up on a map anywhere, but I'll tell you how, how string theory works. Uh, so if you have ideas, you can uh, shoot those over to uh, Corey at otheanthem.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and or at uh, Robert N. Cheek on his various social Cheek, media. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we have a bunch of other projects we're going to be kicking around, uh, including I'm thinking about just recording as much of the Vegas weekend as possible and maybe just put it up as a uh, an OD Anthem special video. Of us writing in Vegas? I mean, yeah, we'll skip through the boring parts. I actually would love to do a time lapse of just the just room. Just put like the GoPro in the corner yeah. while we're both like. And it's just going to be like a little timer through <laughs> of how long we spend. And then, you know, Corey gets up and smokes and then he sits back down mm. and then we turn and we laugh and <laughs> at, at time lapse. The time yeah. lapse would be like. <laughs> and yeah, I think it would be interesting. So uh, if you have things you would like to see, uh, hear it more heretics episodes, more. Uh, something we've done in the past, let us know. Yeah. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. And uh, do yourself a favor. Don't get impeached. Not this week. Yeah, try not to anyway. Yeah. I feel like... You personally. No, I'm not talking to oh, Trump. Oh, you sent a message? To- yeah, just people who might be listening to this. Don't get impeached. <laughs>